0: Welcome to podcast 239 of 5 Star Potential, your weekly Football Manager podcast. I'm Matt and on this week's pod I'm joined by Dupe Paddles and our very special guest this week it's Andrew Sicknote Sinclair from Sports Interactive. Welcome gentlemen, hello. Oh,
1: you are going to go Sicknote, weren't you? Oh, I did, I did. Yeah, drop mm. okay. Sorry, yeah. sorry Andrew. Because you were supposed to be here
0: last week, Andrew, and... Uh, Obviously, you you cried off because of a chest infection or some other... Hangover. To do... Hangover, yeah, that's what I think is more more realistic.
2: Well, I mean, I literally had no voice. So it would have been a a five-man pod with four contributions and me sort of growling. So...
1: It'd be like like having teach back on the pod. (laughs) 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 But
2: uh, yes, I am here now. The Sick Note has come to an end and I am delighted to be joining you guys. Good fun. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Excellent. Well, we're not going to have any save updates this week um, because you, Andrew, are our focus for pretty much the entire episode. So we'll just dive into the questions if you're OK with that. You are. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, <coughs> so we'll start and go on, go easy on you as it is your five star pod debut. Can you tell our listeners who you are and what you do at Sports Interactive? How long you've been there, main responsibilities, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Yes. Hello. So I'm Andrew Sinclair, and I'm currently the PR and content executive at Sports Interactive. I joined SI straight out of university, um, September 2019. So I've been there, what, two and a half years now? Um, and yeah, when I first started, I was the, the comms team assistant. So sort of a, a generalist role where I sort of was involved with every, every aspect of it, really, but in, in a junior capacity um then i moved for, for fm21 i moved into the social media team and then for fm22 i moved over to the pr and content side so now i work with journalists to, to kind of spread the good word of football manager and also work on some of our sort of bigger content video pieces as well um what else do i do um I'm also sort of responsible for all of our marketing copy. So if you look at the FM 22 page on steam or the FM 22 mobile page on the app store, all the text on there has been written by my fair hand. And my other main responsibility is the, the byline, which is our sort of community contribution section of the, the football manager website. I'm sort of in charge of managing the submissions, you know, getting them edited, providing feedback to writers, um, but also writing stuff myself. So if you see there's like a Teams to Manage following the winter update piece, then that was almost always going to have been written by me.
3: Uh, Andrew, I have a, just a question. You, is it kind of like you change jobs every year with each version of FM? And are, you, are you like the Jose Mourinho of uh, Sports Interactive? you Are just going to keep changing jobs every year?
2: <laughs> well, he normally manages three years in one job, doesn't he? So, um...
3: so he, okay, he's better than you. Okay, fair enough.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you say that. I think, to be fair, it was just one of those things where I think probably the first job I joined at, I was probably a little bit overqualified for. Um, hmm. So then I kind of got to move up the, the chain, and then we were looking to to expand the comms team. And social media, as much as I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed kind of seeing how it worked, it's not 100% my forte, um, whereas I've always wanted to be a journalist. So working on the PR and content side – Where I had more flexibility to do long-form content, both for us and externally and work with the media, that was a much more natural fit. So that was kind of the plan to progress me up the ladder again and move me across. And the original plan with that was for me and Tom Davidson to kind of form a a dynamic duo of PR and content. Uh, And then shortly after I moved, Tom left. So then i sort of became ripped on yeah indeed so i became sort of pr and content on my own
0: Uh, so are you allowed to tell us what you're currently working on
2: oh um there's a couple of things um that sort of we've been working obviously the the main winter update has been a, a big focus for most of the team so there was a lot of byline content related to that that i put together um And then sort of tied to that, there's a a video project we've been working on that should come out in the relatively near future. I saw a final draft of that today, so it should be out fairly soon, which I had a role in sort of scripting and and sort of putting the questions together for. So it's a a piece of content we've done with a a wonder kid about kind of their journey and their progression in football. So it's nice to kind of see that the questions I put together have shaped the the video we've ended up with. and then, yeah, there's just a few other things. Obviously, there's going to be a final winter update, but as I'm sure you guys have probably seen, Miles has, has tweeted that that's going to be delayed. Um, so kind of any plans we had for that are a little bit delayed at the moment. But, yeah, there's sort of loads of things going on related to the byline, related to uh, FMFC, our members hub. <coughs> we have just rolled out, you know, versus mode again on, on PC. They're doing a lot of content with that. And then sort of really looking ahead to, to things we can do during the summer, things we can do with clubs. Um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot going on, uh, which is nice because this is sometimes a quieter period of the year for us, but I'm sort of finding my feet and, and trying to sort of work out what I can do in my, my newer role. Um, yeah, and, and sort of go from there, hopefully do some stuff on, on women's football as well later in the year as well.
0: I do like how you've been... You've, you've described exactly what you're doing and what what you're working on without actually giving us any information at all. Very well done. It's almost like you've worked in PR.
2: Well, I I try my best. Prefer I don't want to. I don't wanna, well, yeah, I didn't want to spoil it. I was about to just blurt it out, and then I thought, well, I'll probably get told off if I do that. So
0: there, there is there is that. Yeah, you know, we'll no, there is a, the
2: there part. is a. <laughs> no, there is a there is a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, I had a conversation earlier today with a. A club that want to kind of work with us on some video content so it's all at the moment for me a lot of it is kind of conversations putting the groundwork in place for stuff that hopefully the next few months you guys will start seeing that the benefits of through social platforms or, or written content whatever that might be but yeah lots of things lots of fingers in lots of pies as it were
0: what deep likes this <laughs> um,
3: okay. um uh, andrew really jokes Quick question, Andrew. About the byline, obviously I know the byline quite well and I think myself and Joe have both written some pieces up there, as of a lot of the, the bloggers around the place. Could you maybe tell us like the I suppose how did the byline come about? Uh, are you gonna take full credit for it now, um and just, just call it like it is. Um and and I guess how it came to where it is today.
2: I mean, so no, I mean the byline started before I started uh SI. Okay. It was sort of uh, the brainchild of, of Dom and Tom Davidson to kind of open out another platform to talk about football manager. You know, we'd seen what fan sites were doing in terms of, you know, written content about teams to manage or roles or tactics. And I think there was a feeling, you know, why aren't we doing that ourselves? You know, we've got mm. people internally who are experts on the game. You know, I mean, they're the people who make it, so they know how this stuff works. Um, but, you know, we want us we want ourselves to have like a, a, a hub, a forum for that content. And it gave us a way to work with, you know, the community. Um, and when I joined this, it was kind of like I'd seen what the byline was. And, and I obviously, you know, my background, you know, with, with you know, longer form written content and, and journalism, that was something I was obviously very passionate about getting involved with. And basically I kind of like weedled my way in. Soon after I started and then kind of Tom and Don were like, look, if you want to run with it, you can. And then it kind of became something that I've run with to the point for for FM22. It's kind of been my prerogative, really. I've been or become sort of the go-to person for community guys to come to with suggestions or pieces or whatever. But also internally, it's kind of like Andrew knows what's going on. He's got the schedule. He knows what he's doing. So, yeah, it started before me, so I can't take any real credit but i'm i'm definitely enjoying you made it involved what it is with it today now. Yeah, we we well. <laughs> we know how to about it's you know I, I try not to be I try not to be too smug but yeah i think it's in a good <laughs> place and obviously you just want to try and you know expand that like for me moving forward if we're going to have content on our website i think one of the, the the biggest things we've got to be doing is you know if you're a new player when you play the game you don't really get a lot of feedback about what you're doing wrong so for me Mm. like that's the obvious gap for us to be looking at you know providing content for people who are in their first sort of five ten hours of gameplay you know if you lose that's fine you're going to lose and it's kind of just contextualizing your initial experiences with the game for newer players and ensuring that those players become retained players who play for the whole cycle or most of the cycle or who want to come back the following year and buy the game again. Um, That's not to say, you know, we can't do pieces on, you know, new features or, you know, how to make the most of a certain area of the game. FM Stag's done a great series for us this year on kind of making the most of the data hub, kind of explaining it. Um, Now that can be quite higher level. If you, you know, you're an experienced player, that's something you might want to use, but it's trying to dovetail that with, Stuff that's aimed at beginners, because I feel like those guys don't always have the resources to look at when you start playing. I know when I first started playing FM many moons ago, there were a lot of times where I didn't really know what I was doing and I didn't know what to do when it went wrong. Um, so it, it's trying to fill that gap, but trying to do it in a, an engaging way that doesn't feel like you're hand-holding and telling people what to do, if that makes sense.
0: I think that can often be probably the hardest thing is sort of getting the right balance. Uh, and sometimes it can be hard getting the right foot in the right camps as well, um, especially when with a game like Football Manager <coughs> where it is so far spreading, there are loads of things that even old-timers don't re- realise is a thing or where things change as the game iterates upon itself each year. Yeah, absolutely. It can be it can be hard for like for I, I found what was the there was one feature that I that I'd kind of forgotten about and then was reminded about this year and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but there was one 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 thing I said, like, Oh, I completely forgot that was actually a thing. It may have been actually uh, where the injury history is stored or something mm. like that. Um something that I, I used quite frequently and then stopped playing for a bit and then came back to it, oh I I remember now maybe I shouldn't sign Kurt Zuma because he's got like this massive like long history of knee injury or uh, someone else who you know whatever whoever has got this sort of long standing problem that used to be part of the the scout report that especially when you're in lower league you don't get necessarily mm-hmm. but you can look at their you can look back at their injury history because obviously that would be common knowledge especially with a, a relatively high profile player as well Yeah and that would sometimes be the, the deciding factor between signing a player and not signing a player. But if you've not played the game for five years, but you've got a long history of it, you won't know that that's you know that that has either been revamped or, <coughs> or now a thing. Yeah. So being able to check it easily and actually have like a good report of of these injuries and and the length of time they're out for and how they've affected how they've recovered etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I think it can it can be difficult to sort of toe the line.
2: Absolutely. So
0: depending on who you're aiming that towards.
2: And I mean, like, talking from my experience, I had no idea that the match review training session was a thing until FM21. I had no idea that that was a session you could book in after games to try and, like, help build familiarity with your team and stuff. I had no idea. And then I think someone mentioned it to me, and it was like, whoa, that's, like, completely changed the way I'm organizing sort of training for the day after a game and I've been playing for years and I worked there and I had no idea it was a thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there are those things that you want to show people, especially when there's new features. You want to show people how to, to get the most from them. Um, as, and as you say, if you've been away for a period of time, the UI of the game is going to look really different. So it's trying to be like, well, this is here and this is here and this is a new thing. And you might have found this here before, but it's here now. And you can actually get such and such more than you could have done before. So, yeah, it's kind of explaining that kind of thing. But also, yeah, as I say, for the newer guys, providing help for them, but not in a handholdy way that you're trying to make the game super easy. Because for me, part of the challenge is you're not going to win all the time. And when you first play the game, it can be quite hard. But it's just trying to make it a little bit less hard and a little bit more rewarding early on. So then you build the affinity with it that obviously, you know, us four have all got and have had for a long period of time.
1: It's one of my favourite things about creating content. Uh, I could be live on stream and I could do something and somebody goes, what have you just done? Like, I've been playing the game for this long. I've never done it. Uh, We've talked about, I did a video earlier in the the cycle where um, I think it's only just come apparent to a lot of people that you can actually have free routines on a, on a, on a corner, for example, on a set piece, um, stuff like that. It's just like things that I'm so used to just click, click, click doing. And somebody new comes in and goes, wow, that's, that's so different to how I play the game. And that's the joys of this game, right? So many people play in so many different ways (laughs) that just create different, different tabs that they're in and they see it. It's, it's, it's very interesting about that sort of style of, of opportunity to to learn I'm in streams I'm in watching videos and the amount of I pick up and I go oh I didn't know that it's surprising it really is
3: yeah I can only echo that Dupe. like I've had the same that's my line (laughs) um I've had the same on on stream a few times as well like when I've had guys in the chat writing things because I obviously blogging and I used to do a lot of solo FM so you wouldn't get that feedback but like you say when you're on stream and you're conversing with people it's going both ways. You're learning and sharing. And I think, you know, to go back to Andrew's original point, if you could somehow get work that into it, Andrew, to get that, as you said, that conversation or that um, interaction between players and, you know, and helping guys learn as they go along. Yeah, that'd be really cool.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Or in the case of m- mad and not finding, not fi- you, <laughs> you are learning and then not doing. Oh, God, you, <laughs> can find players.
3: you can find players and they'll still talk to you after. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't talk to them and just find them. That is how you solve that problem. Drop the mic. Don't care. You're getting fined anyway. Yes. Piss off. <laughs> Solved. That is how that is how you skirt around morale being an issue mm. by not talking to them. Because that's when they go a bit crazy. But just find them without interacting with them solves the problem. Uh, anyway, that's how you get 20, to twenty
2: for man management
0: uh it's not it's how you get uh, 19 in uh, discipline when you started with no coaching badges within 3 seasons so um uh, but yeah less of me more on you Andrew so what is your biggest achievement so far uh, working at sports interactive obviously you've you've done a number of jobs and you've you've worked with a number of departments you've worked with a number of like actual people as well so um yeah. i'm sure there's scope <coughs> for an interesting answer here yeah
2: i mean i mean I suppose as a starting point, it is genuinely a proud achievement to have been part of a team that has made three games, um, obviously across multiple, you know, different platforms and whatever. But, you know, I've been there for FM20, FM21, FM22. Um, and to actually see your name in the credits for a game you've played for a number of years and has been a formative part of your kind of appreciation of football, that is a really proud achievement for me um but i suppose in terms of like a personal thing um i would probably there's a couple of things that kind of stick in my head one is when we dropped fm22 you guys might have seen this we did a a piece of video content with Pedri, um which was kind of all about his development and whatever well kind of behind the scenes for that i'd put the original question list together that went off to the team in spain who did all the filming and stuff and then I was heavily involved in the, the feedback process of shaping what that video ended up looking like. Um, obviously, I didn't film it or shoot it or whatever, but the video really, in the end, was a product of the, the structure and the themes and stuff that I'd put together in the first place. So to see it come out and be as well-received as it was, that was obviously a sort of a feather in my cap because that was the first real content thing I'd done since changing my role in the team. Um, and then I suppose the other one, Really, um, we got quite a bit of stick for this actually uh, from a mates, Was uh, for transide deadline day in January, um, I worked with the team over at BBC Sport to help them with their de- uh, no, blah, 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 to help them with their deadline day coverage. So
0: I did see I did mm. see your name cropping up, and I was like, oh, I know that person.
2: <laughs> yeah, so they wanted. Obviously, there were big name players who were for, were getting moves and stuff, and people knew who they were, but they wanted to add a little bit of. Additional value to it. So when there were, you know, there's a, a chap at, I think he's at Rem. Hugo ekatike was was linked with Newcastle. Mm. Uh, obviously, he was a, a name that, unless you played Football Manager or were an avid fan of French football, you probably wouldn't know who he was. Um, so it was that kind of player that the BBC said, "Look, if you can write us a couple of paragraphs, just profiling that person to give us a bit of analysis, that is more than us just." you know, looking up how many games he's played and how many goals he's scored. Um, that'd be great. So I did that for him. Um, did it for Julian Alvarez as well when his move to Man City got confirmed. And there are a few, I mean, there were a few others I wrote as well that they didn't use. So <coughs> Fabio Carvalho obviously was, was linked with the move to, uh, away from Fulham to Liverpool. Um, and obviously the, the chaps who moved to Spurs as well, Kulosevsky um and bentacore we did as well so it was nice to kind of put those together and see them published on the the bbc website i might not have got a job through the grad scheme but i made it on the bbc website eventually anyway um (laughs) but it was also nice to just kind of see fm get that real world exposure because that's something that i'm really passionate about you know fm's recognized the world over as a leading, you know, sports simulation game, our database is world-recognised, used by clubs around the world to help with their recruitment. But I feel sometimes we're a bit abstract from real-world football when in reality we're intrinsically tied to it. So to actually see us get that recognition and real-world football link-up was really nice and to kind of lead the, the work that we did on that was a hugely proud moment for me.
0: I think, with, <laughs> uh, I think it... Yeah. It depends on how how that is uh, seen. Like particularly, you're talking about the, the involvement with the BBC. I remember uh, quite a few years ago there were it was Sky were the one who were who were involved and they were using player attributes to rate players. Um, I don't think the implementation of their the way they did it was perhaps the best thing because I think they kind kind of tried to. Um, Basically, they judge players based on attributes, which probably shouldn't have been done um, the way they did it. But uh, it, I think it, it's nice, nice seeing it when it's. I guess you can look at it like a a proud father when it's something like that, where you've you've actually you know put blood, sweat, and tears into something, and it's on a national scale, which is which is always nice to see, especially when you're being directly credited for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but let's. Let's switch focus to your favourite feature in this year's game. Obviously, you mentioned a feature that you weren't familiar with, uh, being in FM21. But what do you like the most? What do you use the most in FM22? What is your what is your favourite favourite thing about it or favourite feature? We'll go with. I mean, he says finding
3: players. Matt's gonna fall over himself. (laughs) Just throw it out there.
2: (laughs) I mean, this this feels like an interview question, doesn't it? Like the obvious one where they ask you, you know, what do you really like about our brand, and then you get it wrong. And it's like, well, he's in the bin. Um, (laughs) No, I think, I don't know. I feel like I really, I like this year's feature set because I felt like I I would use everything at some point in my save. I thought the staff meeting was quite cool because I'd kind of seen where the idea for that had come from and what it, you know, its structure was based on. So that was quite cool. Um, The deadline day stuff I thought was really nice because deadline day obviously is a, a big part of, of, as I say, again, real world football. So it felt nice to see that reflected in the, the game in, a, in an accessible way. But the biggest thing for me and the thing I enjoy the most is the Data Hub. Um, I know it's not 100% perfect. I think there are a couple of things that, that don't work. But certainly for the way I play, I found it really useful. I think it's, you know, there's a load of metrics in there that are, sort of give you really tangible information, you know, you can look at it mid-season and go, you know, crikey, we're doing really well, but we're facing on average the same number of shots every game as, you know, a team in the bottom three. So obviously we're allowing the opposition a load of attacks. Then you try and think, right, well, how can I change my system to reduce the number of shots the opposition are getting? And then, it, you know, we, we all tinker with our tactics and we all change things. But kind of having the data up there makes me feel like it's, Grounded in something, um, so I feel like when I'm making changes, I certainly feel like I'm making them from a place of intelligence. Even if they're stupid changes and I'm getting it wrong, and I then get pasted six nil, at least I feel like I'm using something and I'm basing it on something kind of concrete and tangible. Whereas before, it'd be like, oh right, I need to change these instructions or I need to change these roles because I haven't done anything for ages, so the AI must have rumbled me and I must do something. Whereas now, you know, in my save, I've just won the league title, but we weren't perfect. And I know the data have shown me that we weren't perfect. So it kind of gives you a better grounding. And I feel like it's, it's one of those features that over a number of years, you're going to really appreciate the benefit of. It's not going to be something that, you know, you, you appreciate in the first couple of months of the game, but then by the end of the cycle, you're like, yeah, I don't care about that anymore. Um, for me it's one of those that you can keep coming back to you can keep learning from it will be different in every save and it's going to be something that's only going to grow and develop from here so yeah be the data hub for me
0: so i i i hadn't used the the data hub in my current save which has been a bit of a journey I and mean, it just started off i just started it and just went from there but uh, mainly because i've been in non league for yeah. a number of seasons and they just that you just don't get good quality data analysts at that level, Uh, or at least I couldn't get any that would sign for me anyway. So it was kind of a a bit of redundant feature for me, at least until I joined Groningen uh, out of the blue and they have a a decent setup there and actually having access to it enabled me to make a positive change in game. And ultimately I was supposed to be relegation fodder and I ended up finishing fourth in my first season there. Um, And beating the likes of PSV, Ajax, Feyenoord to, you know, to finish strongly. And the data hub enabled me to do that because I noticed that I kind of knew what I wanted to do, but it it kind of, it was justified by the data. And I think having that uh, better presented functionality at least makes you feel more like a proper football manager, making a decision based on something rather than based on a hunch or Obviously you can make changes based on what you see in the match engine but sometimes it's just if it depends on on uh, an individual's level of immersion and how much they want but I think sometimes it's nice to pretend a little bit more uh, role play a little bit more and I think the data hub certainly helps with that.
2: Yeah. I mean I, I can talk about from my save as well. You know, I'm managing Burnley and I've set up in a very sort of dyche esque <laughs> Raz likes this. Uh, d- a sort of a, a esque 442. <laughs> And obviously the emphasis is on, you know, crosses into the box to, you know, big Chris Wood. Or it was certainly when he was there before I sold him. But kind of the first season I had Dwight McNeil and he was great. But my And I had Cornet on the left. He was great as well. But beyond that, I was quite limited. But obviously I was also quite financially limited in terms of who I could bring in to offer me depth on the wing. And I remember looking at the one of the player graphs in the data, and it was for crossing. Um, and I saw that Patrick Roberts had produced, like he's sort of crossing, he was crossing a, a level that was, you know, a massive outlier in the league. And I think he was playing for, you know, Norwich or Fulham or someone. Um, and he wasn't very good. Like the, the team he was playing for, sorry, weren't very good and they ended up going down. But he was like one of the most prolific crossers a most effective crossers in the league. And it was like, well, you're going to tick the boxes for me. And I saw that he was, you know, coming up to his the end of his contract with City. And I was like, right, well, I'm going to offer you a deal because even if you're a second choice on the right-hand side, I know that when I bring you on, the game is telling me you're going to do exactly what I want you to do. Um, and I brought him in and he was absolutely brilliant. He was perfect off the bench. And I think I got the two seasons he was there Something like 22 assists and nine goals, which for a backup winger, I was really, really happy with. So, yeah, that was an example for me of of actually using it in a scouting sense that was really effective and was far better than me kind of using the player search and looking for players with a crossing attribute of X or, you know, a dribbling attribute of, you know, 16 or whatever it was. That was something that I went in, looked at the graph, found a tangible example, and it made a difference to my team, which. As you say, it increases that immersion of the save because you feel like you've achieved something yourself.
3: <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I, that kind of goes back to what you were saying about getting the right level of handholding. Mm. And I think, I think when it's it's when you make the it's the same when you're making a an in-match change and it works and it's like I've read this perfectly, I've followed the advice, my game plan has worked, or I've realized my game plan isn't working and using the, the the touchline tablet I've I've reacted to the data I can see and my change like I've man marked a player out of the game and they're no longer effective. Like they were battering me with key passes, now they're they're not getting a sniff. Things like that. It's like, yes, mm. this is why I like playing this. Uh because it gives that you gives you that sense of fulfillment that you've actually achieved something rather than just like being a spacebar monkey and smashing it. <laughs> Like, like to get through the save as quickly as possible. I know some people like playing like that way, David, um, <laughs> but, but, but some sometimes you want to play a bit slower and actually appreciate what you're doing rather than just building a super super team. You could argue unrealistically, um, depending on on what team you're with. You know, you you will get some people who sort of rinse and repeat there or completely replace their entire team one season not saying that's the wrong way to play but it's slightly unrealistic especially when it comes to like team dynamics um you don't see too many teams unless it's non-league and there's been a drastic change where all of the team is released and they have to start effectively from scratch but even then
3: that's fairly rare um in in the real world as it were i like what you said as well like i mean going back to that Patrick Roberts' crossing example. I mean, we've seen a lot of kind of moneyball ideas with FM and it's it's obviously really tough to implement, but as you're saying, and I'm just thinking of the movie when he just keeps saying, he gets on base, he gets on base. It doesn't, doesn't matter if he can throw, it doesn't <laughs> matter if he can hit, he gets on base. And it's just like, Patrick Roberts might not score, you know, he, he can't pass the ball, can't do it, but he can cross. That's all you need. You're buying crosses. So, to be fair, his cool. passing isn't that bad. I mean, I'm sure he's been downgraded, but mm. I've had him in
0: a number of saves because he was a, especially when he was still at City, you could loan him and they'd loan him for no wages at all. So, he was an a- absolutely fantastic budget option that could dribble for fun. Mm. And so, he would cause problems, guaranteed. And he was quick. He's been downgraded a fair, fair amount now, but. He was always a good option, and then he would inevitably be released as well. So you could always pick him up on a free after the loan expires. So he was always a fantastic option for that, like on past games. Mm. I'm talking sort of FM 17, 18, maybe 19 as well. Mm. Let's not sleep on Patrick Roberts. It's, it's mean.
1: What I, what I will say is uh, just your comment about making a change and then seeing it actually happen. I had that on stream a couple of days ago. And uh, I noticed something and I thought, I'm going to drop this guy back, uh, put this guy forward, change his <laughs> role and see if we can get a goal from him. He scored. And then afterwards it says, do you still want to make this change? So actually, I was getting very excited in stream <laughs> thinking that the change that I had made has caused that. And actually, no, it hadn't. It was my previous tactical decision that <laughs> it caused it. And I was so hyped going, let's see, I do know what I'm talking. Oh. oh, I don't know what I'm talking. About. Okay, no problem.
0: Oh, dear. Sorry, we
1: won the the Champions League, it's fine.
0: (laughs) Gosh. Sort of. Uh, Right, we've asked all your colleagues a a similar question, um, which is asking for a hint or a tip in the game that people might not know about. Do you have one?
2: Yeah, well, this might not be... um, It's not some sort of big, clever tip or whatever, but it was a... a David Redoogs. Well, no, 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 no. That, that was many years ago. Teenage Andrew thought nothing of that. Um,
0: <laughs> oh, my. God. How, how did you oh. get a job by, by, by admitting? Was that not an interview question? Uh,
2: no. Um, I just assume that's number it one. It bloody well should be. Yes. That should be part of the... Part well, no, of the, I think, like, Have you ever no, seen... real? to be fair, I think that was... There's the door. See you later. I mean, to be fair, I think that was when I was like 14. And it was like, I'd always played the handheld one and I'd always picked a big team. And I think I played the PC one for the first time. And I was naff and I didn't really know what I was doing. And then I think I can't remember who it was. I think I was playing in like the the National League or League Two. And I had a B in my bonnet like, I'm not prepared to lose to this team. Like, no matter how bad I am, I'm not having it that I'm losing to this team. I can't even remember who it was. But I think I saved and reloaded that game like four times. Um, And then, but then I felt really dirty. And then I was like, I've got to abandon that save now
0: rightly so Um, and I've
2: I've never done it since but no the tip I was going to (laughs) say this was something I actually got from my old history teacher at school Um, so when sort of managing player he is he's he's actually the reason I got the job at SI Um, he's a klitz no 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 this is uh, Mr Tom Davies he actually sent me the job advert at SI so I wouldn't have seen it unless he'd sent it to me Uh, and then I applied and got it so uh, a debt of gratitude to him, but no, he he always manages sort of lower leagues. Uh, he tries to pick sort of the nearest non-league team to him and try and build them all the way up to the the top flight. And his way of doing it, certainly before the the Brexit days, was to just try and bring in as many young foreign players as possible, and then sell them all for a profit, and then kind of build the club in a a sustainable way. Um, and one of his tips that I've sort of taken on and used in lower league management myself is if you get, you know, a a decent young player of, say, sort of 18, go to their profile, look at their agent and then go to the agent's profile to see all the other players the agent's got on their books and then just scout all the other players that the agent has or, you know, if they're free agents, bring them on trial, whatever, and then use the agent to bring in the players because obviously you're going to be limited in terms of scouting, staffing and whatever. Whereas if you go through the agent, you're going to get a long list of players. Some of them will be misses, but a lot of them will be hits. Um, and that's been a really, I, quite, eff-
0: I really like that. It's mm. been a
2: really effective strategy for me in the lower divisions because you'll find someone, and you know they're not always of the same nationality, but sometimes they are. And it might be that you get four or five players from that same agent, and then suddenly your team's got a lot more depth or strength or whatever. So that would be my tip: would be using agents to find new players.
0: Which I guess is even more prevalent now with sort of the prevalence <laughs> of agents and their role in FM22 as well. Ooh. So, again, tying in, this is nice, nice and neatly done. Well done. Right, we'll move on to some slightly lighter questions then. Now we've grilled you about your sports interactive bits and pieces. So, who do you support? I think is the, the key one.
2: Well, so I'm a lapsed Arsenal fan. Um, was an Arsenal fan from the age of about nine, 10. And then I sort of, when I went to university, I realised I watched a lot less of Arsenal. You know, when I, you know, when I was sort of a teenager, I'd never miss an Arsenal game. No matter what I was doing, it was like, no, I can't miss the Arsenal game. You know, we're on at this time and I changed my plans so that I would see it. And then when I went to university, I realised that if I missed an Arsenal game, I wasn't actually that bothered. Um, and then I kind of, I was still following the team, but not as, as avidly. And I think the Super League stuff just was sort of the nail in the coffin for me. At that point, it was kind of like, you know, this club doesn't care about me as a fan. So why should I keep investing my sort of time and energy? And I know that's maybe not the right attitude or whatever, but sort of I think in the the dog days of lockdown, that was certainly how I felt. Um, So kind of just before lockdown, I'd started doing a lot of local non-league ground hopping with a friend of mine. Um, and then I think when I finally sort of got cheesed off with Arsenal, it was like, well, I'm just going to invest in myself a lot more in supporting the local non-league teams. Um, so I'm based in Croydon in South London. So Croydon FC, Croydon Athletic are the two near me. But, you know, this season I've been to Tooting and Mitcham, Tooting Beck, Carl Shorten, Sutton, um, the lot. So AFC Wimbledon. So, yeah, for me now it's more just kind of about supporting local teams and the people involved with those local teams. Certainly with Croydon, I've got a mate who plays for the team. His granddad goes along and me and his granddad have a chat at every game. So for me now, it's just about enjoying football, whereas before it was a lot more sort of partisan, I think, for me, behind the Arsenal.
3: So, Andrew, while you're going to a lot of these non-league games and particularly going to some of the same teams, are you, are you doing a bit of research along along the way? And does that mean some of these teams are going to be a bit OP when it comes to FM23? Anyone to uh, well, watch I've
2: I've not I've not <laughs> officially put myself forward for research duties because I don't want to upset anybody. Um,
3: <laughs> like Dave.
2: But, well, well, I haven't seen wolves yet, so. Uh, <coughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, I, I really do enjoy watching it and analysing it. But for me, it's sort of more about the the social element and actually just watching it. But you never know. Watch this space. Maybe I will become a a font of player information for step six. 10th tier of English football. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, step six. What a place. What a time to be alive. Um, Paddles, you asked the next question. Next question. Next question. My word.
3: Well, we need to, Well, I guess we, do, we definitely need to see, uh, considering your work there, Andrew, of course. And, and you, you already mentioned you have a Burnley save on the go. You said you won the league, by the way. How, after how many seasons was that?
2: That was in season five. Okay. Uh, okay. That was the
1: championship. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> no, it was the, the top flight League 2 Top flight, top flight I was very proud of myself actually um, You should be
3: How yeah. many hours have you racked up in FM22 then, so far?
2: So, uh, obviously There's a there's a lot of FM being casually open in the background um, mm. For work in case I need Screenshots or, you know, whatever for work um, So there's some of it from that But generally uh, I think it's 220 hours I've got um, on Sh- FM22. But that's split between two saves. That's rookie
1: numbers. Mm-hmm. Sh- well, yeah, rookie n- numbers.
0: I'm
2: not... I think. Hang on, how many of you boys
1: <coughs> got? Hang on.
3: I'm just opening it here now.
1: I'm just having a look. with? Uh, okay, I can tell you. Go on, do... Oh, no, Matt. Go on, No, you go first. So,
0: I should probably do combined between the editor and... <laughs> yes, probably. So... Mine is
3: just under 600 hours in both.
1: Okay. Mad?
3: I'm on 514.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want to really tell my hours. <laughs> um, I'm on 916.9 hours.
0: But you were live for like 24 hours, like, streaming, like, holidaying yeah, as well. true, so, true. Yeah.
1: Okay, let's take that to eight. We'll call it a fresh 900 hours. <laughs> that seems um, fair. I've just loaded this saver, my, my big save, because you can actually, it tells you actually how many mm. days 12 days, two hours, <laughs> and 11 minutes game time. Oh. That's disgusting. Got a life. <laughs> <laughs> <But I> clearly <laughs> fucking do <don't. laughs> <laughs> If anyone in the uh, southwest area has a <laughs> life and would like to drag me along, please let me know. Um, <laughs> I'd love to come.
3: Hello. Yikes. Yikes,
0: indeed. Um, Duke, ask the next question.
1: Nest? Nest? <laughs> Nest? Why am I obsessed with nests? I prefer, next I prefer question. hive, to be honest. Um, uh, Andrew, are you the best darts player in Sports Interactive? Rumour has it you're, you're a bit handy, so are you
2: the best? Yeah. No. I can't, I can't, I could claim that I was, but that would be a barefaced lie. Although my mitigating circumstances, well, well, this is it. The mitigating circumstances will be that our office to all intents and purposes has been shut for two years. Um, I mean, you can go in, but we've got drastically reduced office capacity. Um, So I've not really been in. And even if people have been in, you've not really had people playing darts. so I imagine the standard that we had before has probably dipped a fair bit and I have got a board at home um but now I wouldn't have I wouldn't have said I was the best there were sort of when we were in the office the leading two were a guy called Glenn who who works in the business intelligence team and Neil Brock of the forums uh Neil's had some shoulder problems though, so I feel like maybe Neil's more on a par with me now and maybe Glenn's in a league of his own but you never know. I'm a bit of a dark horse. So maybe when we're back in the office, I'll have come on leaps and bounds.
3: I mean, time will tell. You can, you, you can, <laughs> be, you can be the best or the second if, if you've not played anyone. <laughs> so You're undefeated yeah. if nobody actually can play you to beat you. So stick to that.
0: Uh, of course, Paddle's trying to find a, a loophole. That's how I, <laughs> That's how I play check. Football Manager. That's, That's, it's, a Irish, solo, right? it's a solo yeah. sport. You can't
3: really lose a Football Manager because you're not playing against anyone else. <laughs> right uh, paddles you're next ah oh, yes Andrew so like I mean obviously we've had a lot of laughs and jokes with the, the whole bromance with Tom and Dom over the years um, that's obviously that ship has slightly sailed um, would you say you've got a partner in crime at Sports Interactive or you know someone I suppose that you bounce ideas off or just go for pints on a Friday with uh,
2: so that would have been Tom Davidson as well um Because when we're in the office, we used to sit next to each other, and uh, we were two men who had a a weird fascination for British daytime television. Um, (laughs) So various times in lockdown, we just end up talking about stars in their eyes, or doctors, or some other drivel. Um, (laughs) But I've got a line. Yeah, I've got a lot of questions, but I don't want to go down there. But yeah, I mean, we also, you know, big Toronto Maple Leafs fans and stuff. So yeah, Tom was sort of. uh, I was sort of like a you know, good friendship with Tom outside of his bromance with, with Tom. Um, but now I think because I've kind of moved around the team and I've kind of worked with everybody in the team, I don't want to say I'm a social butterfly because that sounds quite camp, but I feel like that's probably kind of how it is. Like I end up working with everybody um, at the moment. I'm interfacing a lot with our comms director because if I don't know what to say from a PR point of view... He's kind of the person to kind of give me sign off and stuff. So it's kind of a lot of, you know, working with him and getting advice from him. Um, But generally, no, I don't know that I have a kind of a a tag team relationship with anyone at the moment. Although we are currently hiring for a new content manager who will work directly alongside me. So hopefully me and them will be like the, the mega powers back in the day.
1: New Dom and Tom.
2: Well, me and the new person, whoever they are. <laughs> do you have
0: a, a hand in that decision or do you just get lumped with them regardless? I
2: hope so. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> no, I, I, I believe I will because we'll be working alongside them on, on a content perspective. So, yeah, I will be involved in that process, yes.
0: Excellent. Um, is there an unsung hero at SI that deserves a shout out we've asked the similar, que- well, this same question to pretty much everyone we've had on recently so Ooh, uh, um, don't, don't feel obliged to, to respond with anyone else that, that's really been on
1: because um, hmm. uh, no one said you so <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say me either um, oh that's quite a tough one actually um Obviously, you know, we've got a wonderful team, you know, that there are some, especially on the dev side, some just wonderfully talented people who have a level of knowledge that is well beyond anything that I can comprehend. Um, most of it goes well over my so head. So PR.
1: Um,
2: but if I'm, on a serious note, on the Unsung Hero theme, <laughs> I would say the research team, because without the research team that we have, we wouldn't be where we are. Um, and I think some of our reach- researchers do wonderful work and like genuinely know so much about the football in their local area. Like um, our head researcher in South Africa, uh, Rob Delpour, he's actually a journalist in South Africa, a football journalist. But he, like, he knows so much about the football scene there. And like he does the research because he's passionate. Uh, and you can see that in the kind of the way he rates players and assesses players and stuff. So, yeah for me, it would be the research team because I think it's probably taken for granted a lot of the time, but they do do great work, and if they didn't, we wouldn't have you know been around as long as we have
1: <coughs> I feel that we need to just reference the fact that some of the members of the research team i e wolves could do with a bit of an you know, <laughs> a bit of an improvement yeah
2: well i I did say the research team in broad terms. I didn't say every okay, yeah. researcher.
1: I was- uh, I was going to say because some let the team down
2: well you know they've got to be passionate about their you know Portuguese have you seen Jimenez well <laughs> have you seen Jimenez
1: this year and you've seen him on the pitch
2: I, I prefer yeah, not to speak I'm talking to you I prefer not to speak if, oh, yes. I, if I speak I'm in big trouble
0: <laughs> I mean that, that's appropriate for Wolves as well isn't it really <laughs> <Portuguese>. league, <laughs> enough about Dave's save anyway right uh, final question then. Uh, an- anecdote time. So we've, we've had various tidbits uh, of people's storied histories about interactions with famous people um, of the, the SI folks we've had on the pod, um, ranging from <laughs> Tom's shots with Sam Allardyce, uh, Brocky borrowing Ray Houghton's boots, um, and obviously CJ getting nutmegged by Rachel Yankee. Do you have an SI anecdote to rival any of those?
2: Oh, certainly not to rival... Uh, I will say in my defence that of the two and a half years I've been with SI, uh, two years ago I've been at home (laughs) in uh, the People's Republic of Croydon. Um, So, you know, for a long period of time, the most famous person I saw was my mum. However, there is one thing that sticks in. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Your mum's famous? Oh no, not at all. But I was just saying, you know, she was the only person. You
1: just said the most famous person you know is your mum. No, no, no. Well, yeah,
2: but she was basically the only person I saw for lengthy periods of time. Oh, okay. Um, But no, there is one thing that sticks in my head. So um, you might have seen Miles tweet about these in the past. We have a series of talks internally called Foot Talks, which are with people from the world of football. Um, They're private talks Mm. for for internal use only, and they kind of help us shape the game. You know, we speak to those people from football to kind of learn how real football works so that we can keep making the game as realistic as possible. Um, well, anyway, I think it was probably 2020. We had one with Sean Deich. Now I have, I'll make no bones of the fact I have an enormous man crush on Sean <laughs> Um, And I got told, can you, you know, collate questions from the studio for Sean? And I was sort of like, you know, with pleasure. So I got questions from the rest of the studio and there were quite a lot. Obviously, he's an interesting bloke. But I think there were maybe like 12 questions from the studio and then about 16 just from me. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I sent them off and it was kind of like, Andrew, you know, he's not sitting down with you for an interview with The Athletic. You know, this is to help the development of the game. So a lot of the questions got scratched off. But anyway... We had the thing, you know, Miles is talking to him. It's really useful. I'm obviously loving it. And then I get promoted to be a panellist on the Zoom to ask, I think, the three or four questions of mine that got shortlisted. Um, And then I go to ask the first question, and my voice completely breaks. I end up sounding like I'm about 11. And I was like, hi, Sean, will you be my friend? Um, And it was, like, super mortifying. And he's just looking at me like, who's this weird chubby geezer? (laughs) And then it was kind of like I recovered and asked like a really useful question. But I sat there and I was like bright red um, and I felt really mortified because it was kind of like I've met my hero and he now probably thinks I'm a complete tit. Oh, that's
1: so sad. I'm so sorry. If I want to give you a hug, I feel that bad for that story.
2: <laughs> to be fair, it probably wasn't as bad as I thought it was. But like in the moment, I was like overwhelmed.
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> CJ mentioned it when... Uh,
2: I'm joking, I'm
0: joking, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, no one asked, I know, but uh, born in the same hospital as Sean Dash. There you wow. go. Yeah, no one... You, uh, I've already said it, Deep, you can't say it again, at, so... Amazingly, at the you. same
1: time, they have different uh, skincare routines, apparently.
0: Wow. I, I don't understand the joke you're going for there. i saying you're
1: an old git like Sean Dash.
2: <laughs> hey,
3: okay. no Sean slander. He's a specimen. Sorry, Sean I mean Andrew, Sean I mean, specimen. you're talking about this man crush on Sean, Sean Dyson. and no slander. You've taken over Burnley and sacked him. The poor lad's on the job line yeah, sure. You, you, you know I mean I've sp- you do you do you spent
2: the entirety of my save trying to ask him to join my backroom team. And every time he says, I don't want to be your assistant. <laughs> Hello, leader. Sean, can you join my backroom team? Yeah. yeah, there's like a bit of my heart that breaks every time. Um, it was like, I think I had a save in FM 20. So like, I'm a big fan of kind of like old time music. So like Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin and whatever. Um, And I was managing in Iceland and I found that there was a manager of another team, an English bloke called Dean Martin. And I then was like, he has to become my friend in the save. He has to become my mate. We have to become close acquaintances and he has to become my assistant manager. Within three months Our relationship was hatred, and he'd been sacked from the team he was in charge of.
0: I'm a social butterfly, he says. (laughs) (laughs) Code for total weapon. Yeah.
2: Glad you said it. it. If I don't say it, somebody else will. So, gotta steal their thunder.
0: Yeah, probably, probably stay away from Sean Dice's son um, yeah. because you don't want any more hatred from that family, <laughs> right, Andrew? That that brings our interview with you to a close. Uh, where can people find you?
2: I am on Twitter at am Sinclair ninety seven, which usually be posting about FM or sharing the work that we're doing, or just generally moaning. I, I tend to do that quite a lot, often about the England rugby team. That's
0: fair. What a uh, <laughs> fair (coughs) of course coming from padlets that is Right, that brings episode 239 to a close. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting 5starpotential.com where you can find all of our latest Football Manager content. 5 Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Andrew, for being here with us on a Thursday night. And there will be more from us next week. Say goodbye, folks. What the fuck is phone
1: <laughs> Cheers
3: round guys Love you Sean Dice